Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. Great is thy faithfulness. That song was written a very long time ago, but it remains as true today as it was then. We know that there are people uh, in this room watching online. There are people that are walking through hard, hard things, and we just want to remind ourselves today that God's faithfulness is with us, that he has been faithful through every generation. He'll be faithful to us as well. And one of the ways that God has shown us his faithfulness as a church was in our recent seasons. I want to talk about uh, something that happened in September, kind of through the early part of October. Those of you that have been with Horizon West Church for a while will know. Some uh, who have come more recently will not. But we did a season we called Journey of Grace. And in that journey of grace, we, made a, uh, we had a basic assumption. Our basic assumption of God is that he is a giving God, a generous God. And we challenged ourselves to say, because of the grace that God has given us, what will we do to give to the work of God and to the church and the things that God has called us to do together? And so that journey of grace culminated on October 8th with what we called Celebration Sunday. And we saw God do something that day and projecting forward from that day that exceeded our expectations. Uh, and yet I'll say I wasn't surprised because I expected you to exceed our expectations because you too are a generous people. And so I'm going to take just a minute before our message this morning to walk through some of the numbers around that journey of grace. And so uh, for some context, our fiscal year that ended on September 30th of this year, we saw an average Sunday giving at Horizon West Church of $21,319.05. That nickel just really made the... No, I'm just kidding. But that's why... Yeah, that's huge. That is a huge giving response. But... But what we saw God do on Celebration Sunday through your generosity is on that one Sunday alone, the gifts that came on Celebration Sunday was in the amount of 119608 and some change dollars. So praise God for the generous outpouring of our people. You exceeded what we were asking and imagining in that. But this is bigger than money. We, we appreciate and we know that God uses resources to advance his kingdom. But here's what really got us excited. On Celebration Sunday, there were 25 of you, individuals or family units, who for the very first time gave to the Horizon West campus. And that is a step of discipleship, right? That you're saying, I'm doing this for the first time. And 58, including those 25, 58 people took a step forward in their journey of generosity, maybe from the first time to consistent giving or consistent giving to percentage or even percentage to beyond. And, and here's what's crazier. I want to expound on that even more. The only reason the number is 58 and not much higher is many of you were already giving beyond, and so you took a step of generosity, but it was from beyond to beyond, and so that might not be reflected in those numbers. All of this tells us that God is at work, that we're a people who are ready to give in response to what God is doing in and through us. And so what does that mean? Well, it, uh, again, for context, in the past fiscal year, that $21,000 average gift and those gifts that came on special Sundays accumulated to amount of $1.2 million. That's what came in at Horizon West Campus last year. And this coming year, based on what you responded to on that Celebration Sunday and your plan to give, that number has gone up to $1.5 million. And praise God for that. You can applaud God, not ourselves, but God for what he's doing. 
Now, that's exciting, but it's really exciting because it means that the things that we've put our hearts to, the things we believe God's asked us to do in the coming year, they're going to be possible. Uh, that, that we're not going to have to kind of pump the brakes and, and we're, we're going to be able to move forward into the season that God's called us to with a building initiative on the horizon, with filling positions on the team, and with continuing to minister to our community with free events like Vacation Bible School and Fall Street Party and Spring Fling where the community is introduced to the love of Jesus through a local church. And so I want to commend you. I want to thank you for your generosity as a campus. And I also want to zoom out a little and show you what it means for us as a network of churches called First Orlando. Because the truth is, God moved in all of the campuses, and here's what it looked like. There were 2,313 total gifts on Celebration Sunday, and in that, there was 25 first-time gifts at this campus and 186 first-time givers across all of our campuses of First Orlando. In fact, the number of people that took a step forward in their journey of generosity, that number accumulated to the amount of 1,000 157. Praise God for what he's doing. One more time. Let's thank God for that. And so that's a little bit of housekeeping. We don't do that a lot. We don't do that every Sunday, but I was excited to share a, 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 an enthusiastic report from what God did through us and in us as a church family. And so uh, if you're somebody that likes a little more information, hey, I want to kind of look into, you know, who's on these teams that decide where that money goes and what that money does. We have a ministry action plan of First Orlando. And if you desire to look at that a little more deeply, you can scan the QR code that's going up behind me. Um, and that'll take you directly to a document where you can look over that and pour over that. I want you to know that uh, things like certification with the Evangelical uh, Financial Council Alliance, all, all of those things are in place to make sure that the dollars that come in are used to advance kingdom work, and I can promise you that's happening. So if you want to look more deeply at that, scan that QR code. And uh, hey, I just want to celebrate that. I also want to invite a good friend of mine, a mentor of mine, somebody who is also excited by what God is doing at Horizon West, our pastor of campuses, David Loveless. Would you all help me welcome him? Thank you. Wasn't that fantastic news? Oh my gosh. I was just uh, coming down here earlier this morning down to uh, the 429. Uh, many of you saw what I did. There was like the large semi-trailer there with a the big banner that says future home of Horizon West Church. And everything that Chris just talked about is going to be made possible here in this next year as we break ground in the years to come of being able to further impact this area where Horizon West can be both a hospital as well as a health club for people. And that's our desire and our intent. Years ago, uh, my family and I, we were living in Vancouver, British Columbia. And so we made the decision to move here to Orlando. And our intention in moving here was to start a brand new, different kind of church. Our intention was to start a church that was designed to reach people that wouldn't be caught dead in their own coffin inside of a church, and then disciple them three to four generations out. So we moved here with that intention, and we started this church. And one of the things I did was I went away for a day of prayer. If I'm going to start and lead this church, I want to really be able to hear from God what he wants to say. So I went off for the day, and I began listening and writing down all the impressions that I felt like God was giving me. And I started writing out some of my goals and aspirations for my own personal soul and life, for my marriage, for my family, and for this church. On top of that, I created a bucket list of other things that were just, you know, desires and aspirations of my heart. One of the things I wrote down on that list 
was to one day take off and land on a nuclear aircraft carrier. Now, I didn't have any connections to the military. I had no friends, I had no family members in the military. I didn't have any connections with anyone that did. And so I think I'd watch one too many times Top Gun, right? So, so watching that, I'm going, oh man, that looks really cool. That looks like something I should be participating in, in one way or another. So fast forward 20 years later, I get a call one day, and this person introduces himself. He said, we don't know each other, but we have a mutual friend that recommended I call you. Okay, what's this about? He said, well, I'm putting together a trip, and six weeks from now, I'm gathering like six of the top business leaders, and, uh, or 10 of the top business leaders and entertainment leaders in North America. And I'm uh, going to gather them together for three days and help them develop relationships with each other. They really don't know each other. And he said, you were recommended to me as someone that's got a decent gift of being able to facilitate those kinds of conversations and to be able to draw people out and draw them into deep and meaningful conversations. He said, so would you be interested in doing this? I said, yeah, just give me a little more info on it. He said, so in six weeks, what we're going to do is because of who I am, my role and position, he said, I'm going to fly all of you out. I'm going to fly all of them out to the middle of the Pacific and land on an aircraft carrier and spend three days there. I said, so let me, let me get this straight. You want to pick me up. You want to fly me out to the middle of the Pacific. You want me to land on a nuclear aircraft carrier, spend three days there with some people that at the moment, I really don't care who they are. And then you want to fly me home and you're going to pay for it. He went, yeah. I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to need to, to pray about this. Yes, I sense that, <laughs> I sense the answer is yes from Jesus, okay? Even though this wasn't a faith-based trip or anything like that. So you can sit there and go, yeah, that must have been pretty cool to get that call. You know, it was. But that call actually pales in comparison to the call and the invitation every single one of us have received already in our lives to participate in Christ's orchestrated mission to the world. I mean, the very reason why you and I are sitting here today is because 2,000 years ago, someone assembled a group of people just like us, men and women like us, and what Jesus did was, over in Luke 9 and 10, we kind of see the Cliff Notes version of it, he called people to himself, and then he trained them, and then he sent them out. But what happens very often is you and I tend to feel like we don't have any significant role in what God's doing in the world. Sometimes we feel like the most significant things are what happens on some proverbial church stage or in other places and other parachurch ministries. And we often don't feel like we're spiritual enough, we're gifted enough, we're educated enough. Have you ever felt that on the inside of you? And yet, what this text wants to show us today that we're going to climb into in just a few moments is the significant value that God's placed in our lives and the role that he wants us to play in all of that. Over in 1 Peter, he uses, Peter uses the language like this. He said, every one of us have been called out of darkness into the kingdom of God's marvelous light. And when you and I begin to understand that, when we, you and I begin to absorb that, all of a sudden the passage we're going to look at today will come alive with brand new meaning. But before we go there, I want you to just stare for a moment and reflect on this. God has summoned each of us. He's called each one of us to be someone and to do something that we otherwise wouldn't if we didn't belong to him.
Look at that again. God has summoned or called each one of us to be someone and to do something that we otherwise wouldn't if we didn't belong to him. How many of you agree with that? Say I, okay? That's important. So today's scripture is gonna help us think about that in a brand new light. Over in 1 Corinthians 12, verse one, and then we'll jump over to verses four, five, and six. It says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of services, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. So again, these verses are going to teach us that we've been invited to participate in Christ's orchestrated mission in the world. And it begins that there in verse 4 where he says that God uses a diversity of gifts to show us what he wants to do. Your gifts are an indication of what God wants to do in your networks and in your neighborhoods. Look there, verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit that distributes all of them. Many of you are familiar with this metaphor that Paul uses many times during this letter we've been studying the last few months of 1 Corinthians, where he kind of compares the church to like a physical body that has multiple members to it, and each one of them contribute to the mission. The same thing is true within the church. Each one of us, each one of the gifts we've been given, contribute to a part of the mission God has in the world. Same thing is true on an aircraft carrier. There are 5,000 men and women on a typical aircraft carrier. It's like a small city. And you've got people that play all kinds of roles. There's only one captain on the carrier, but there are these 5,000 different roles. Some people play roles in the medical field. Some people play roles in training. Some people play roles in the chaplaincy. Some people play roles in the, uh, the, the train that goes on. Some people play roles in uh, the food services. Some people are involved in the weapon side. Some people are involved in air intelligence. Uh, they're obviously, they're the helicopter pilots and the top gun pilots that are there. Uh, one of my favorite roles is the landing and takeoff signal operators. They're the guys that are guiding the planes like this, and then they go like that. I'm like, oh, that looks so dang cool. Or maybe I'm the only one that thinks that's dang cool. But every one of those roles plays an important part in this orchestrated effort. The captain has one mission, and he literally distributes these roles based upon the gifts of everyone else that's on the ship. That's why it says here in verse 4, there's a diversity. It literally means there's a distribution of gifts that come from one place. It's almost like the imagery of what happens in communion. Like when you take communion, there's this loaf of bread and it gets broken. There's one loaf, it gets broken into multiple pieces and gets distributed. There's this one cup of wine and it gets distributed. It's one cup, but it gets distributed. The same thing is true in the fact that Christ has all of the gifts in himself and he distributes them to each one of us for his various purposes. Over in uh, multiple places in the scripture, we're given a list of some of these gifts. I don't think all the spiritual gifts listed in Scripture are like a comprehensive list. They're like a sample list. So let me toss some of them up. There's a gift of serving. Do you have the gift of serving? There's a gift of teaching, of exhortation or encouragement, the gift of giving, of leadership. 
Some have the gift of mercy or wisdom, others the gift of faith or healing or miracles or prophecy or the gift of speaking in tongues or the gift of being an apostle, someone that's sent out to start brand new things that are important in the world. Prophets, evangelists, shepherds, people that are great at caring for and nurturing others. People that have the gift of teaching or helps or administration or the organization of all of those things. Each one of those gifts are a part of what he wants to do in the world. The gifts that you have, that you already possess right now, it's a part of what he wants to do in the world. That's why you need to begin to imagine in a brand new way the significant value you have just because of those gifts alone. Imagine an orchestra. Most of you have been to concerts before and you watch this orchestra and there's one conductor, but there are all these different roles, right? All these different instruments you hear the soft, melodic sound of this violin playing. Then you hear these loud trumpet blasts. Then you hear the rhythm of the drums going on. If you were to pull out any one of those instruments out of the mix, it wouldn't sound the same. It wouldn't have the same effect. Or how often have you heard a choir? And man, with a choir, with an orchestra, it's like reverberating something deep on the inside of you. It moves you in a meaningful way, this song that's being played. But if you were to pull out the altos or the tenors or the basses, they were just the sopranos, it wouldn't have the same powerful impact and effect. The same is true for each one of us. It's like God's conducting this earthly orchestra and this choir that has a mission. And every one of us has a unique part to play in it. You go, well, what's the mission that he's up to, that he's orchestrating the world? It's not complicated. His mission is to rescue and restore everything and everyone that's ever been lost, stolen, or broken. That is God's simple mission to the world. And each one of the gifts and abilities we have gets to contribute to that really important effect. We see this in scripture of various people that exemplify this. I think of someone like David. He's a young shepherd boy. What's David's gift? Well, David has a gift of using a slingshot. So he has this gift, taking the slingshot, putting the stones in it. And with those two gifts, what does God do? God uses him to defeat a giant. Or I think of someone like Esther. Esther had two gifts. She had the gift of her voice, the gift of speaking in a way that was influential. She also had the gift of courage. God took those two gifts together, her voice and her courage, literally to save a nation. See, both of those, both with David as well as with Esther, that was a part of what God was seeking to do in the world, to rescue and restore everything that's been lost, stolen, or broken in one way or the other. Again, I'm highly suspicious that sometimes you and I are in our everyday world where we actually live and work. It's like we're hesitant or we don't think that we're spiritual enough, gifted enough to really impact people for the sake of the kingdom of God. It's just not true. Over in Jeremiah 1, I really relate to this passage in Jeremiah 1, 4 to 7. Jeremiah says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Uh, hang on, let's just pause there for a moment. That's just not true for Jeremiah. That's true for you. Long before you were born, God knew you. Long before you came on this earth, God had a destiny for your life. 
and was placing gifts on the inside of you long before you were born because he knew the calling, the unique calling that he had on your life. But look, look how Jeremiah, Jeremiah is so dang spiritual. Listen to his response. Alas, God, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, don't say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. The truth is, even though this is repeated throughout Scripture, very often you and I have trouble believing it. Just like Jeremiah, we have to convince ourselves there's something special, or wait a minute, I'm convinced there's nothing special about who I am. True or false? Is that true or false? It's true. Other times, others of us feel like we had value, but we lost our value. One of the people that God seemed to use in a dramatic way is he was the Apostle Paul. Here's the way he stated in 1 Timothy 1, the message translation. He said, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, and I'm proof, public sinner number one, of someone who could never have made it apart from sheer mercy. Paul's like, man, I know for a fact I disqualified myself a long time ago because I was responsible for the murdering of thousands of Christ followers all in the name of God. And he says, I'm public sinner number one, and yet look at how God is using me. Do you relate to either one of those? So each one of us, we've got this unique value that God's placed in us. He uses a diversity of gifts to show us what he wants to do. So what can you do? What are your two or three gifts? Is an area of leadership? Maybe you have the gift of organizing things. Maybe you have the gift of communication. Maybe you have the gift of working behind the scenes, but really pouring in wisdom and knowledge to what's transpiring. I, I was with a group of guys a couple of weeks ago, and this one guy that joined us, he owns a large construction company here in town. And we were talking about several things, and he said, I have the gift of making roads. And I just sat there, and I thought about it for a moment, and I thought, God, gosh, you do realize that God says in his word, he loves to make roadways in the wilderness, where God says, I love making rough places smooth so people can get from where they are and where they're stuck to where they need to go next and the preferred destination. And I'm thinking, you not only do that in the natural realm, you have an opportunity to show up where God wants to do that in a profound way in other people's lives. Another guy said, I have the gift of pulling permits. Well, guess what? He's the very person that's helping pull permits for Horizon West in the building of that property. How many of you are glad he's got the gift of pulling permits? Right? I mean, it's pretty cool, isn't it? it yeah, the spiritual significance has nothing to do with whether or not you ever end up on a stage like this. The role that you play is as important as anything else because of how God orchestrates and puts all these parts together to do something really special and to do something very unique. That's why you've been invited to participate in God's orchestrated mission of the world. Second thing we see in this passage is over in verse 5. God uses a diversity of opportunities to show us where he wants to be at work. That's why it says there in verse 5, there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Um, this word service means there are different kinds of opportunities, different places where these gifts can be used to help serve other people. So it's possible to have the same gift, but be able to employ it in different kinds of opportunities. So I can take the gift I have of being able to 
coalesce people and ask certain kinds of questions that can draw them out in a, in a way that provides and facilitates deep and meaningful conversation. I can use that in a life group in a church or I can use it out on an aircraft carrier. Same gift, different opportunities. So after that phone call I got, fast forward six weeks later, flown out to San Diego, and was taken to the home of the vice admiral of the Pacific Fleet. He lived on a place overlooking the Pacific, and so we went out on his veranda and were served lunch that day. The guy that organized the trip was there, the vice admiral of the Pacific Fleet was there because he was going to kind of give us an orientation of what to expect the next three days. And then the 10 business and entertainment leaders from around the country were there. And then there was me. So as we sat down, the guy that organized the trip said, you know, I think we, most of us don't really know each other. We know of each other, but we don't actually know each other. So let's just kind of go around the circle and introduce ourselves, all right? So the first guy stands up and he goes, my name is so-and-so and my company, we make and we sell more shoes than anyone else in North America. I went, okay, great, good for you. Next guy stands up and he says, I'm the second largest Burger King owner in the world. Well, great, great. The next guy stands up. He says, my name's so-and-so, and, -and uh, my company, we sell more timeshares than anyone else on the planet. And for the first time, all of a sudden, I'm doing the math. I realize I'm at the end of this Congo line. <laughs> okay, and I'm like, I mean, what am I like, hi, my name's David. I pastor a church in Orlando. I mean, what, what am I going to do? Then it goes to the next guy. He goes, my name's so-and-so, and I've won, I'm a Hollywood producer, I've won six Emmys. And he said, I'm currently working on a movie with Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, and so that's what I'm involved with. So, I mean, this is kind of the contest of let's impress each other, right? So it finally comes around to me, and I'm like, oh, Jesus, give me something, give me something, give me something, right? And so I said, my name is David Loveless, and I'm honored to be here with you guys. I just, <clears throat> I run a I guess you could say I run a field office for a multinational company that I work for. Uh, we got started, gosh, we had really humble beginnings. We got started about 2,000 years ago, I guess you could say. And so, you know, over the years, I mean, we started off small. Gosh, we've been through some bumpy, bumpy rides. But overall, our stock price has just been up and to the right. It's, just, it, it, it's exploded. And guys were like, what, what's the stock ticker symbol of that company, you know? So for the next three days, we got the run of the ship. The cap, we, we actually, we got flown there after this little introduction there in San Diego. We got put on a plane, took off, and we flew for a number of hours. And then finally, we started on final approach down toward the carrier. And a typical aircraft carrier group, you will have the carrier in the middle, and it'll be surrounded by destroyers, by battleships, by uh, several uh, nuclear submarines. And so we started down our final approach, and everyone's gripping like, oh, let's hang on. And we hit the runway of the carrier, and our tail hook missed the line. And so you start to go off the end of the carrier. So again, the pilot throttles up again, and we go straight up like that. At that point, most there were just 11 of us on the plane. Most everyone reached for a brown bag at that point. And I'll let you imagine what that brown bag was used for. Now, I know some of you are curious, David, did you have to use the brown bag? To which I would say, that's too personal of information for me to share with you. So for the next three days, we had the run of the ship, got to look at everything, be there with everyone, ask them questions, 
Um, I facilitated a couple of times a day, I facilitated a, a group meeting with all of these guys. Now, let me tell you, the reason why that's important is because God wanted to be on that aircraft carrier. Christ wanted a presence on the aircraft carrier. And I'm sure he had presence with lots and lots of other men and women. I just happened to be one of them. And the reason why that's significant is because when you begin to realize that Christ wants to show up and be a part of every single thing that's going in our culture and our world, that will bring brand new value to the opportunities that he's given you. What are the opportunities he's given you? Can I tell you, he deeply cares about parenting. God deeply cares about banking. God deeply cares about the medical field. God deeply cares about the educational field. God deeply cares about sports. God deeply cares about the church. Why? Because he wants to be, he wants to incarnate himself in every one of those places where you and I live, work, and play, and to show up there and to show off what he can do on behalf of other people. One of the biggest sports stories of this last year has been Deion Sanders. I'm sure some of you have been keeping up with it. Some of you are bored and you, you yawn over the effect of it. But, uh, you know, quick background info. Deion Sanders was a standout player at Florida State and uh, was amazing in what he did. And then he went on and played for God's favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. Of... Come up here and shake my hand. Uh, but apparently God seems to have abandoned his team, though, the last couple of years, which has been very disappointing, and we're praying not today. But Dion was a standout player for the Cowboys. Then a few years ago, he started becoming a coach, took those same gifts that he had, but started applying them through the venue of a different opportunity at Jackson State University. Was a phenomenal coach there. And the kinds of kids he assembled around him and the impact he had on them was amazing. Then this last year, he was invited to become the head coach at the University of Colorado. And so he went in there, and in a short period of time, literally a matter of a couple of months, he assembled 84 new players that had never played on that team. College football has never seen anything like that. But in all the interviews with him, here is a consistent theme you will hear from him. They'll go, why, why are you in this job? You've already done all this stuff. You've had these great things that you've accomplished over the years. He said, here's the reason why I'm a coach. He said, I have a calling on my life. He said, I have a ministry. And my ministry is to father young men and help them win in football and then later help them win in life after football. <laughs> I heard that. I went, well, that's, God's all over that. He goes, oh, by the way, I'm a very imperfect person. I've been through various broken things in my life, but I've learned things from that. So imagine if you're a basketball coach here today and you have the gift of leadership, you may have the gift of shepherding, meaning you, you're good at caring for people, nurturing people. I know you know that you're supposed to have a positive influence on your players, but imagine if you were to add just a little bit of gospel and intentionality to it and go, you know what? I love helping you play offense and defense on the basketball court. But I also like to teach you how to play offense and defense in life. So if you come over to my house every other Tuesday night, I'm serving pizza and uh, would love to have you over there. I've won a lot of games in my life and I've lost some painful games in my life. I've learned a lot through that. I'd love to share that with you. See how you're connecting the gift that you have in the natural realm and then also applying it 
in a further significant way. Or imagine an older lady that she feels like her usefulness is over. She has a disability and she's known in her small neighborhood she lives in and she just, she's known because she sits down on the front porch all day long. She loves baking cookies. She's good at hospitality. She is just a, a warm presence and enjoys telling people hello as they walk by her front porch. Imagine if she were to take on the persona of, I not only want to do that, I want to do that in a further way where when it's appropriate, when it would be comfortable, I'll invite people up to my front porch and, and offer them a cookie and offer to sit down and hear their story. Imagine if you realize that you're there to represent Jesus who loves hearing people's stories and holding them compassionately, and she is so dang good at it. And for her to realize her gift and those opportunities are part of God's orchestrated mission to the world. Our service, no matter what its context, no matter what its nature, the Scripture says all of it is unto the same Lord Jesus Christ. The last thing we see here in this passage, there in verse 6, is that God uses a diversity of results to show what he wants to accomplish. It says there, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. <laughs> so there's this third category of, of diversities, a diversity of activities. It means effects. It means different types of outcomes that happen from the use of those gifts. Over the years... I've had untold numbers of common as well as extraordinary opportunities. I've had number of common and extraordinary results. But there is nothing special about me. Nothing. You know who I most relate to on television? I most relate to Barney Fife. Okay? I'm like the Barney Fife of the kingdom of God. I mean, that's really how I I've look back over my life, and I've often felt this goofy, this small. I've never felt like I was at the stature of Andy. I've felt like I, I relate to Barney. Any of the rest of you relate to Barney? Okay. You have to watch Nick at night, I suppose, to fully absorb that. But let me tell you why I feel that way. Because I was just a kid. I grew up in a series of small towns in Oklahoma. And it's kind of small for my size, and but I engaged in sports, and there's this one particular Friday night, and those of you that grew up in small towns know what this is like. I mean, half the town literally shows up for the basketball game, and they just absolutely fill the basketball, I started to say arena, it's not an arena, it's just a court. And so this particular Friday night, we were playing a significant opponent of ours, and uh, so we had just made a basket, and so we ran down, the other team took the ball down to the opposite end of the court, and one of the guys went up for a shot, and he shot it, and it didn't go through the basket, but it bounced off the, the uh, backboard. And so, again, I was smaller in stature, but I went up for the rebound, as did a bunch of others. And much to my surprise and the surprise of everyone else, I came down with a rebound. And I was so excited and juiced, I went back up and I shot the ball <laughs> at the wrong goal. To this day, I can still hear my coach call my name in vain <laughs> across the airspace there. There's nothing, nothing, nothing special about me except 
I happen to be a son of the Most High God. And you happen to be a son or daughter of the Most High God that invites us not only into a relationship, but invites us into a partnership in the most extraordinary mission that anyone could ever, ever imagine. And it produces different kinds of results. Not because of us, but because of him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul puts it like this. He says, so neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. In other words, God's the one that's in control of the results and the outcome of all of this. He said, the one who plants, one who waters, they've got one purpose. There's one orchestrated mission. And they're each going to be rewarded according to their own labor. When we got back from that aircraft carrier trip, in the weeks, months, and years ahead, there continue to be multiple opportunities with a group of 10 men. We were invited to their homes to have dinner. We were invited into their businesses. One particular leader, he and his wife got involved in just a massive, massive mess in their marriage. And Crone and I got invited to come and represent Jesus in that, even though they couldn't have forecast that before. Another guy ended up, the Burger King owner, ended up developing cancer. I was engaged in a part of one of the stage of that. Another one of the leaders, a couple of years later, got convicted and thrown into prison for running the second biggest Ponzi scheme in U.S. history. And because so many people lost massive amounts of money, no one wanted to have anything to do with them. So I happened to be the one to show up in jail, show up in prison, to be a compassionate hand and heart of Jesus to him. And he was very open to the conversations that we would have together. You, see, you have no idea of the gifts God's given you the opportunities he's currently placing before you, you have no idea of the effects, the outcome in all of that. What you do know is that you're a part of a total package of God seeking to rescue and restore everything and everyone that's been lost, stolen, or broken in one way or the other. Colossians chapter 1 puts it like this. It says, so spacious is he, so expansive Christ is that everything of God finds its proper place in him without crowding. Not only that, but all the broken and dislocated pieces of the universe, people and things, animals and atoms, they get properly fixed and fit together in vibrant harmonies, all because of his death, his blood that poured down from the cross. This mission, to rescue and restore that's why I'm telling you, you've been invited to participate in Christ's orchestrated mission. So what's God said to you today? What's one thing you think he brought you here to hear and then apply in some way? I want to encourage you sometime today, later today at lunch, maybe tonight at dinner, to share with one person. What's one thing you felt like God was saying to you today? what you're supposed to do with it. Maybe you end up texting someone or calling someone or maybe you're going to be actually sitting down with a meal with someone and being able to do that. But I want to challenge you to do that today. 
Also, I want to invite you to stand right now. And if this resonates with you, I'd like for you to make a declaration based upon your commitment of going, God, if this is who, who you are, this is who I am in light of all of that, I want to declare my agreement with what you're up to in my life and in the world. So I've just crafted this real simple prayer to help guide us through it. We're going to do it responsibly. I'll, go, I'll do one phrase, then you'll come back with that phrase, and we'll just repeat it like that. All right? So let's do this. Father God, I want to thank you for calling me and inviting me to participate in your orchestrated mission to the world. To rescue and restore all that's lost and broken. I want to accept your calling of me, knowing the good that you've placed in me, as well as the imperfect you're still working on in me. I commit to using the gifts you've given me in the opportunities that you're providing me and trusting in the results that you want to accomplish through me. In Jesus' name we say amen. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.